right, welcome back to another episode of Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions of sports, cult, music, culture, and all things of South. F that one up this week, didn't I, boys? Uh, all right, I'm Logan, <laughs> sitting here with Dustin and Ryan. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com. Uh, blog content, Andy's vlog is still up there. I find it pretty funny. Top five reasons why the fall sucks, according to Trucker Andy. It's miserable-reckless.com. All right, good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, kick it off. Trucker Andy. Trucker Andy's for he's a real person, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> he actually drives a truck. Um <laughs> I've I've just got I'm I'm using to use my time one hundred percent on an ugly because I just I just y'all may have seen this, I don't know. I'll, so have y'all heard about the Texas Pete lawsuit? You stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I don't know anything about it. You stole mine. All right. All right. So, so there's a gentleman named Philip White who is suing the TW Garner Food Company, which I know you two know the answer, but let's inform the world. Where is Texas Pete made? Winston Salem, Carolina. Right. Winston Salem, North Carolina. It's, it's it, if there was ever a term, a use of the term open secret, that's an open secret. Everyone who knows anything about Texas Pete. If you just Google them, it, it's pretty clear. It's a North Carolina product, but it's packaged in Texas Pete. You know, basically, hey, it's hot sauce. They're just trying to make the point it's hot. Um, would you like to guess where gentleman Philip White? I don't know if he's a gentleman. Where would would you like to guess where Philip White is from? Texas. I'm gonna say Texas. Nope, California. Oh, Probably not gosh. also surprising. So he's neither you. a gentleman nor a scholar. But neither. Where is he, but when is he moving to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never, because people like this shouldn't ruin good states. I don't know. These days they're coming to North Carolina too, but I digress. Yeah, and that's a whole nother episode. So basically this guy is alleging false advertising and mislabeling and saying that Texas as a state is known for its quality cuisine, spicy food, and hot sauce in particular. In particular. So he's saying that all Texas peat products are the problem. Original hot sauce, hotter hot sauce, and roasted garlic hot sauce. Not just a, not just one of the products. They're all the problem. He said that the labeling and advertising campaign is overloaded with references to Texas. And he alleges that None of the ingredients, and this may be true, are are actually sourced from Texas, which is another problem. So this guy is suing them because let me see exactly what he said. It's somewhere in here. He said, I can't find the exact quote, but he basically said he wouldn't have spent as much money. Oh, here it is. He wouldn't have paid as much for hot sauce if he knew the origin. So one, I guess he really uses a lot of Texas Pete, allegedly. He lives in California. He thought he was getting a Texas product because he doesn't know how to use Google. And then he uses a lawsuit to go after this this institution of Winston-Salem over his because he thinks he's paid too much for hot sauce. My question to him is, does he enjoy the hot sauce? Does it matter where it's from? Does it matter, or, or is he just another ambulance chaser in the world? 
I guess he's from California, so he's probably just an ambulance chaser in the world. Fits the mold for that state. But, you know, I just, I think I find this real ugly, real, you know, really bad. And it just, it's a reminder of how good and wonderful the South is and how awful the Pac-12 territory is. And so, this is ugly, boys. I, you know, I don't know if we need to enter like a official miserable and reckless amicus brief in this trial or something, but we need to do something, you know, save our Texas Pete. They can't take that from our cold, dead North Carolina hands. So I give it, I'll, I cede the floor to you too. Hollywood, more like Holly weird. Am I right? <laughs> I just think this continues a war of aggression against North Carolina from the uh, state of California. They wouldn't play NC state in a bowl game. Um, canceled on canceled on them at the last minute. I mean, this is this is clearly an act of aggression. So. It's it's a pattern. It's become a pattern. I'm just so. happy that North Carolina is in um, the, the great state of California's head. Apparently, apparently, we're coming <laughs> for them. <laughs> Sounds like we're rivals, is what you're saying, right? <laughs> I guess he heard our podcast about how. Um, our state would be the best state for college football if you only could play in-state teams, and it really bothered him. So he's, he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sue Texas Pete. <laughs> you can't make these things up. And, of course, like, there's all, you could probably have a whole separate segment similar to Florida or the field, but instead of like people uh, smoking bath salts and doing crazy shit, it's people who are like the ultimate Karen and trying to figure out how they can get a, a free dollar, and it's all from like California or the field. Yeah. Yeah, the coffee lady from McDonald's <laughs> spilled yeah. coffee in her lap and made who knows how many millions. Oh, yeah, because so. we're in the era of warning labels after that one. <laughs> yeah, everybody threw up labels after that. Caution, yeah. coffee is hot. <laughs> like, there's this, uh, there's this brand similar to Zen of um, nicotine pouches that has no tobacco in it, right? The warning label cracks me up because it said... And I quote, this product contains nicotine, which is known to the state of California to cause birth defects, birth defects and other reproductive harm and possibly cancer, but only to the state of California. <laughs> Nowhere else in the world. America, check your mattress. It probably says something similar about you burning up in a, in a fire or something like that. I forget what it oh. is. Do you, oh, have yeah. to, you have to leave the tag on the mattress in California or something like this. this or you get a felony. Like yeah. Yeah. It's it no, that's absolutely so with kids stuff. Oh like really? Kids mattresses and a lot of kids things. I've I've learned this with stuff we bought for Emerson. California like has their own special labeling. So the whole entire rest of America, all three hundred and thirty million of us, have to read labels that were they're basically like, You're gonna die if you sleep on this mattress. Or like if 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 a fire starts like this could be potentially hazardous. Well, no shit. You know, you probably should leave if it's if it's if a fire starts. Like, I just the ultimate, just awful, awful place. So well, so while we're on this, um, we watch a lot of college football, and in the sport clips commercials, I'm not sure if you guys get them around the country, but we definitely get them here. Um, yeah, I see them. The next time you see the sport commercials, which have like the, oh yeah, 
or whatever that 80s song is that plays in the background from is that from ferris bueller's day off or whatever yeah okay. ferris bueller. so they're like you know rubbing the guy down and they're giving him a massage and it's just barely like you know just the slightest amount of inappropriate for like a haircut right <laughs> get all the way the, they get all the way to the end right and if you read the fine print at the bottom it says like uh in Washington and Oregon, like they're not allowed to like touch you or something like that. Or it says like, you know, like it's the legalese for like, like this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna happen like in, in these States. So like they can't put a hot towel on your face or like they can't give you like the, they have like a massager that like they hold in their hand and then it like rubs your shoulder. They're not actually rubbing you. But like at the same time, they're like, if you read the legalese at the bottom, I I don't know why I read this. Uh, yeah. Apparently because I hate myself, but I read this at the bottom of the screen and I immediately just cracked up and pointed it out to my wife. And she was like, yeah, okay, cool. It's not that funny, right? I thought it was <laughs> Well, when they put the commercial in front of your face 50 times, you're kind of like, you're looking for something different and you're like, right. oh, well, let me read this thing. And yeah. Right. Like how McDonald's commercials, they always charge more in Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> It it really is like what kind of crazy thing is California gonna do next? Because even they're they're losing a lot of their big time like podcast people. Like Theo Vaughn even recently just left California. He lives in Nashville now. <laughs> Obviously, the big one Joe Rogan moved to Texas. It's just yep. like everybody's like, you know what? There's been a lot more crime out here. There are uh, heroin needles on the street, <laughs> and they're like, it isn't as nice as it used to be. <laughs> but nevertheless, they're on the crusade to make sure that. Texas Pete is going to get their comeuppance because they're labeled Texas Pete and not from, and they're not North Carolina. Yeah. Pete. I, I give a little plug for uh, the the folks over at it's a Southern thing. They did a video nice. about Californians moving to Texas and uh, I'll have to go back and find it. I don't remember the name of it. Basically, I bet if you put it's a Southern thing, Californians moved to Texas, you'll find it. But essentially they move to Texas and their neighbor come and, and greets them. And they're yeah, like freaking this. out They're They're like freaking out that somebody would come to their house and he had like food. He was wearing a firearm. They were like, we're videoing this. <laughs> <laughs> they had like masks on. Um, yeah. As like house in their together. house together. And he was like, uh, you guys are <laughs> still wearing your mask. They're like, yeah, we wear them all the time. We're, we're trying to make a difference. He goes, you, while you're, you're married and you're at home alone and you're wearing the mask. They're like, they're like yeah. He goes, all right. And then it's like he reaches and there's like, anything me and the wife can do, you know, let us know. And then they see his firearm and they freak out. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. <laughs> and then it ends as the Texas fan just walks out and starts laughing and does like a little smirk and shakes his head and walks, walks on down the street. <laughs> and, yeah. And then it like cuts to them moving back to like uh, sirens and, and crime. And they're like, ah, <laughs> without giving away the corporation that I work for, they moved their headquarters recently from San Francisco to Austin shock or sorry, more or less Dallas just to keep it. Um, so people don't know who I work for. <laughs> and there is a, uh, and there's a gentleman that, um, he is originally from Arkansas. My wife and I have met him. I've worked with him on multiple projects for many years. He's from Arkansas and he moved to San Francisco and he was got a Tesla and he did like the whole like San Francisco thing. Right. And then he moved to uh, Dallas area and he's been living there ever since. And basically he moved there about two years ago when they moved the headquarters down there. 
And he was just like, oh, it's so nice to be back home. <laughs> he, just, he says it all the time. And I'm like, I think he thinks that I'm a Southerner because, I, you know, he's probably seen me in like a North Carolina hat or something. And I'm like, dude, like I live in Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> I'm not going to like rub shoulders with you about how great it is to be in Texas. But yeah, Texas is his own animal, but. Right. It's definitely uh, more different from San Francisco. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. Good for him getting home. Right. <laughs> he would be a big uh, who big suey guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Hey, so was all that right, all, well, I, yeah, I was about to say, was that all your good, bad and ugly? Yeah, I I literally wanted to just spend my time on that. I was so <laughs> blown away by the stupidity of that. I, I have other things I could talk about, but I felt that this was important, and I'm glad we were able to to resolve how dumb they are. So <laughs> the, the guy with the lawsuit, not yeah. Texas Pete. We love Texas Pete. <laughs> That's right, North Carolina staple. Take that, California. All right, Ryan. Good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> If they're ever out of Texas Pete and you want a secondary staple, you can always go with Crystal from Louisiana. That's another good hot sauce. So in case people don't know about that or haven't heard of it or don't know where it's from. All right, so I'm going to pivot because uh, uh, Dustin and me sometimes have similar thought processes. So he took mine. So I, got, I, I also have a couple just in case. So for my good, I'm just going to go three goods. How about that? We'll even out Dustin's ugly. Um, so, uh, so, uh, haven't talked about it much this year. We kind of beat it to death on the first 50 or so episodes of this that we've done, uh, and ha- haven't really gone into it much this year. Uh, Chase Elliott, he won at Talladega. That wasn't last week, but that was two weeks ago. Um, so that's pretty awesome, especially to win the Talladega race in October. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is because the Talladega race in October is in the playoffs. And it's also the race that's mentioned in the Eric Church. Song. So. If you're going to win the Eric Church race, um, that's pretty cool. Also, anyone that's ever watched a race at Talladega knows that uh, if you win that race, it's uh, 80% luck and uh, 20% having a fast car <laughs> because everybody else wrecks. So anytime your boy uh, or somebody you cheer for wins a super speedway race, it's pretty awesome. Um, he's also got rain. Then the siren goes off. Oh, yeah. All night long. Cyrene down in uh, Dawsonville, Georgia, they've got a little burger shack down there. I hope you don't expect to get any alcohol there. Um, they do not serve any alcohol at this place. But if you ever do go to Dawsonville, Georgia, um, they've got a little burger shack down there. It's been around for many a year. And when his dad won, and now when he wins, they uh, they blare the Cyrene. And we're not uh, just saying that. That's, that's, uh, that's actually what they call it. And it is very annoying. Very, very annoying. And the townspeople <laughs> all love it. So, uh, so he's long story short, we're not going to go through all probably into the playoffs and stuff like that, but he's leading going into the playoffs and he's, he's in a pretty good spot with about, don't quote me, but I think we've got four races left. He was at a road course last week and there's some weird pitch strategy and long story short, they basically gave him the race and then he, he got into a situation and it was ugly, but that's not my ugly. So he's still doing all right. Um, my second good is going to be very simple. Um, I texted the guys about this a couple times late night, which I'm sure they appreciate it, especially the fathers. But uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, 
I stumbled into Dave, uh, me, me and my wife both stumbled into Dave Grohl's show. I think Morgan's mentioned it in, on the podcast in the past called Cradle to Stage. It is on Paramount Plus. So that's a dead giveaway that I paid for Paramount Plus or <laughs> somebody's password to Paramount Plus would be more accurate. But um, it's a show about uh, moms and how they've raised their rock stars. Uh, Miranda Lambert is on the sh- is on the show, so that was an immediate interest to me with her mom and her dad. Um, anyone that wants to watch the show um, and and research this, you're more than welcome to. But I'm convinced that her dad is literally the actor that played Buddy Garrity on Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I watched it separately from my wife, and she didn't understand until about 35 seconds into the show's beginning. Um, he comes on screen and she goes, oh my goodness, you are exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> I did check Dustin. He does not have a state championship ring on during the show. So, okay. so I'm sorry to report that, but it's a great show. Yeah. Tom Morello's on in case I need to tell other people. Tom Morello's on and uh, his mom is like a 78 year old activist and she's hysterical. She sits there with a big grin on her face and just talks about like bringing down like the, like the, you know, the Republic or whatever. It's hysterical. It's like this like five foot two, 78 year old woman with a big grin. And she's like up with communism. And it's like, <laughs> what's what going on here? No wonder you grew up that way. Um, Imagine Dragons, trying to think some of the other people that are on there. It's a great show. It's really interesting. And it's uh, a really fascinating show about fam- family dynamics. And I also appreciate the fact that they don't shy away from uh rock stars not always particularly being their mother's favorite and always not necessarily taking their mother's advice at periods in their life so that's always kind of cool and of course dave Grohl's mom is awesome and i love the fact that dave Grohl is from the alexander alexandria virginia area so especially when he's tooling around and and nova and going to some of the places that um i went to in high school and competed at in high school and stuff like that it's pretty interesting um there's one thing where his mom's trying to be very just have a nice conversation with her boy david as she refers to him the guys, <laughs> in, nirvana, the guys in nirvana and foo fighters and she refers to him as david uh well my son david yeah yeah virginia it's, her name's virginia uh yeah virginia we know who your son is like that's that's why we're watching so <laughs> my son david loves to sing you know i forget the band with me and so they're singing a nice little harmony and then he stops halfway through because his add kicks in and his, his mom's still harmonizing. And he goes, Mom, that's the bridge I used to get high under. And she's like, <laughs> so, it's a good show. Um, and then the last thing's very simple. Uh, the, uh, I got a little bone to pick with my man, Lane. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. Lane. Uh, I was a safety. And uh, safeties are very important. Uh, um, how do I say this? Safety, you, you got to be in a mindset, I think, to play safety. You, you want to know ahead of time that, that you're, you know, you're going to go in, you're going to be in the thick of things. Um, it has been reported, and the safeties have confirmed for Ole Miss, that they are rock, paper, scissoring on the sidelines for who gets to start in the game because they have three safeties and you can only <laughs> start two. Um, now, I can tell you that I stand with Lane when I say this. Lane is very annoyed that his assistant coach gave this away because this is a coaching strategy, obviously, that he's been keeping under wraps for a long period of time. 
Apparently, Lane doesn't decide who his starters are. He just makes them battle it out with Rochambeau or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, Lane, we all think you're a genius. We all think you're an offensive wonderkind. You got the Land Shark defense going. You guys had a big win last week. Like, we can't have stories like this slipping out. This hurts the Ole Miss brand, of which I am not a fan, but I am an enthusiast. So I need, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to tighten up, Lane. I need you to lock it up. I need these kind of stories not to get out. This is bad for our brand. Hashtag come to the sip and play Rochambeau. It doesn't really have the same ring. So uh, I'm going to need the safeties. <laughs> to, uh, I'm going to need the safeties to, to, to lock it up. And maybe there's a new defense that Ole Miss can start uh, since Lane is such a genius where they can start playing three safeties. Just saying. <laughs> well, I thought you were going somewhere completely different with that, but that's hilarious because Lane Kiffin is probably the best troll of a coach on Twitter. You know, he's going into a matchup this weekend. And, but the big game that everybody's talking about, and we'll talk about it multiple times for the rest of this show Alabama versus Tennessee. Well, he posted a photo on Twitter the other day of the night somebody took a photo of him standing in the hallway at Tennessee looking at something like looking very dejected. And I'm, I'm assuming it was the night that he decided he was going to leave Tennessee to go out to SC in LA. And he just posted that, no caption, nothing. So now the speculation is Tennessee fans obviously are like, see, Lane wishes he had stayed. Lane wishes he had stayed. He's jealous about what's going on in Knoxville. And then other people are saying, you know, Lane could be sending a message to the Auburn Tigers that he's ready to be war damn eagle and go toe to toe with Nick Saban in the state of Alabama. So it's never boring with the Lane train. (laughs) Or it could be that he thinks that the Tennessee Orange will be standing in the hallway dejected looking at the front. (laughs) It could be that too. <laughs> All right, so that leaves me. I've got a good, bad, and interesting. The good is, you know, NC State survived another one on defense and special teams last weekend. God knows that this offense that we have does not deserve the defense and special teams that it has. That defense pulled out a gritty win. They were down 17 to 3 at the half, shut out uh, FSU in the second half. The kicker has been, was money and hit his career high that's put us up uh, 19 to 17. He was like five for five or four for four or something like that from, uh, from field goal range. And the offense just could not get anything going once again. Defense pulled out a gritty 19 to 17 win against Florida State. We, for the second time this year, won a game against a quality opponent and dropped in the rankings. But, you know, is what it is. The bad, though, <laughs> some point in the third-ish quarter, maybe in the beginning of the fourth, certain quarterback got hurt. <clears throat> the silver lining with Devin Leary's injury is MRI was clean, x-rays were clean, it, it's a rehabable injury, and they said he could be ready as early as this Saturday or could be a couple we- or a few weeks. Dave Doran doesn't announce injuries unless it's like for sure out for the year. He's, he's going to be back at some point, but the question is, can we? Uh, <laughs> the offense is already sputtering as it is. What's it going to look like with our backup quarterback? We'll find out if uh, Devin Leary can't play against a pretty good Syracuse team this weekend. So that's the bad. The interesting, moving it over to music, I was talking to Dustin and uh, Jenny about this earlier today. Um, Hardy is re- has announced a new record that he's releasing in January of 2023. He's released about four songs, promotional singles from it now. And anybody who's familiar with his music and everything, traditionally almost all of his songs are in all caps. But this time, his label, Big, Big Loud Records, 
has created a rock music uh, imprint called Big Loud Rock. He has released two songs under the Big Loud Rock um, uh, imprint before these promotional singles were out. He did a, a cover of Puddle of Mud, and then he released one of his own originals called uh, Sellout. And it's so it's in the vein of like that type of like 2000s kind of rock music. He this album is 17 songs long. It's called The Mockingbird and the Crow. The first half of the record, the uh, eight of the songs is our country songs. And every single one of those, including the promo singles, are in lowercase letters. The second half of the record is all caps. And this is the rock half of the record. The middle song and the, the title track, The Mockingbird and the Crow, mocking, The Mockingbird's in lowercase, The Crow's in uppercase. That song is out on Spotify now. It's, it's a country song for the first half, and then it transitions into the, the half that's about The Crow. And that's the rock song. It's an interesting uh, album idea. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. I like most of the songs that he's released from it so far. Even the one that's kind of like a, uh, it has some pop elements in it called Truck Bed. It's one of those songs that I, I, I can't justify calling it a good song, but it's kind of a banger in the sense of you would play it at, at the tailgate or something. So like even the one that isn't the best is still like pretty fun to listen to, but interesting idea to go along with like his label doing this whole rock side venture. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that um, he has always been a heavily influenced by that style of rock. And I think it, from what I've heard, he has the ability to do it pretty well, like vocally. So it should be fun to see, but that's the mockingbird and the crow coming out January of 2023. So that's my good, bad and interesting for the week. He was doing Southern rock. It'd be like a nod to Skinner potentially, but it sounds like it's going to be like our buddies. Like it sounds like it's going to be Bayhouse rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He, so that's the kind of rock he said he really grew up listening to. He's about 31, maybe 32 at the oldest, but he's about 31. And that's the kind of rock music he said that he, he started off listening to as a kid. And then he got into country later. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, in his formative music years, and that's the stuff that he wants to also kind of make. But it's interesting. All right, so moving into the college football pick'em. All right, the records after week six. Not a whole lot of change in the movements of the leaderboard, but uh, Ryan is still ahead at eighteen and fifteen. Morgan and I are both fifteen and eighteen, and Dustin is fourteen and nineteen. Um, Morgan was the only one to pick Carolina to beat Miami, and then Ryan called the exact Ole Miss score. Uh, they won by twenty-four over Vandy. In the first half, I did not expect that game to go the way it did. <laughs> I was like, there's no way they're going to hit the over. I was like, that's, that's easy money. Hammer it down. I was wrong again. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, Ole Miss covered, and I believe they covered, didn't they? Yes. They covered and they hit cover the over. Was the, the line was 17 and a half, so they covered. Yeah. And they definitely hit the over, which if you listen to this podcast religiously, you heard us all basically say, no, 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 no. You, you, you always bet the under. <laughs> well, when Vandy's involved, you always bet the under. Sorry, we gave you horrible advice. <laughs> Considering like I, I, I've never ever placed a bet, you should listen to me. <laughs> well, it's like I, I saw a, a sports gambler say the other day. Don't look at it as you're a bad sports gambler. Look at it as the players didn't do what they should have done. <laughs> didn't execute properly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have Morgan's picks, so uh, we'll be able to fill those in along the way. 
uh, for him this week. But the first game is Miami versus Virginia Tech, old school Big East matchup. The U couldn't get it done last week. Virginia Tech looks like absolute shit this year. So, toilet bowl of the Coastal, who you got, Ryan? All right. This is disrespectful. You cannot call it the toilet bowl of the Coastal. That would be like Georgia Tech playing BC or something. Georgia um, Tech's on a two-game win streak. <laughs> ever since they fired, Tech is sitting up at, yeah, they're sitting up there near the top of the rankings. <laughs> ever since they fired their coach, they'll be ranked ahead of Carolina, no doubt. Um, <laughs> All right, so this game is important to me because this game has historic meaning to me. Um, uh, so I will watch it. Um, it's it's part of a slate of games. There's a there's this Miami Tech game at twelve thirty, then there's the State Q's game at three thirty, then there's a Clemson Florida State game at seven thirty, and there's the UNC Duke game at eight. So to say that uh, Saturday would be uh, interesting is an understatement. Um, all that to say, it's the fortieth matchup between these teams. They're Big East rivals. Um, I grew up knowing that this game mattered because I have a lot of family that went to Blacksburg and is still at Blacksburg. And so I really would like the Hokies to win, but I have now played Virginia Tech and I have now played Miami and Miami is favored in Blacksburg on the road by seven. So I am not going to go against Vegas. I am going to take uh, Miami and uh, quite frankly, um, Miami's offense is, is really nothing to write home about, and neither is Virginia Tech's uh, offense or defense, for that matter. So I'm going to take Miami's defense to this game. All right, and then Morgan, he picked Virginia Tech. So, Dustin, what's your, what's your pick for this one? Well, he couldn't. He couldn't bring himself to pick Miami, for sure. <laughs> he was on yeah. this podcast. He would give 40-second soliloquy about how much he hates Miami. <laughs> From probably 1997. So, so, what was it Mark Packer said about Virginia Tech? They need to recruit. He's not scared of anybody on their on their team. Um, Pretty yeah, much. agree. Almost, almost verbatim. Agree. I mean, like the the U's offense has been just a disaster this year, but Virginia Tech has been worse, and that's saying something. Um. Blacksburg playing in Blacksburg should mean something, but a twelve thirty kick with the team not playing well, I'm not taking it. I'll I'll take the U. I'm I'm I'll play the U train on this one. Yeah, the, both these programs are a shell of what they used to be. God knows they've been a disappointment in the last fifteen years. Um, after Inner Sandman happens, it'll be hype at that point, but don't find much hype after that uh, coming out of Lane Stadium. It's going to be Miami. Grant, it's a matter of whose quarterback is worse, and I think Grant Wells is worse. So TVD is going to play better than Grant Wells, so give me Miami. I'll say one thing before we move on. In the last year of the ACC, and I know Mark Packer and others have made this comment, so this is not coming from me. In the last year, with all the uncertainty of conference alignment and everything else, um, this game should matter. And it's sad to me that it doesn't. So I when agree. you talk about being a shell of a program, this game used to be a marquee game in the ACC, and it needs to be a marquee game in the ACC going forward. For the AC, and I'm, I don't usually overgeneralize like this. It, this needs to be a big game in the ACC going forward. Just like in basketball season, you need to have Duke and Carolina be relevant. 
these two teams, these two programs specifically in the ACC need to be relevant again for the ACC to, to, to be a conference, a, a, a strong conference. Oh, 100% agree. I would love to get these two programs back to being better because there's no excuse in week seven for this to be a 1230 kick, but that's where we are, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, look, I've said it on this podcast, I think. I know I've said it to y'all. You know, I'm not Mr. Hokey or Mr. Hurricane, even though I like to play Mr. Hurricane on this podcast. But yeah, I want to see them do. I want to see both of these programs die because it benefits the conference, period. So come on, guys, get your shit together. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an it, it, honest, no, I, 100%. I'm not even trying to be funny. It's like, what, what have you been doing? Like, how'd you let it get to this point? And then, you know, I was listening to a podcast recently talking about Miami, you know, when they booted Diaz out the door. I mean, let's put some perspective here. They were trending in the right direction. They were a couple, what, they were a win or two away from 10 wins. Um, what, last year, two years ago? I mean, I think Chris Ball is going to be all right there. He's going to get talent and do all of that. And if he's got good assistance, they'll probably do well. But hell, man, like, seems like they could, they just can't get out of their own way. So that's basically what I'm trying to communicate. Hopefully, Virginia Tech, with, with time, will get back to where it can be. But I don't know. It, it, it's hard. Hard to have faith sometimes. True. All right. Next up, number 15, NC State makes the trek up to the Northeast to Syracuse, New York, play the Orange, who are ranked 18th this week. 330 kick playing in the Dome. They're bragging about having 40 or 50,000 people sell out. Well, you know, we do that against FCS schools down south. So I don't want to hear it from the carpetbaggers of the ACC. Uh, Dustin, who you got? Well, you're. You just told me Devin Larry's not playing, right? It's not confirmed, um, but I would wager that he's probably not. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know if that's going to be bad for your offense or not. Um, that might be the shot in the arm you need. <laughs> Who knows? That's the crazy thing about that. So, but here's what I do know. I can't pick Syracuse. I've spent three years talking all kinds of shit about this program. I still don't want them in the conference. Get rid of them. Give me the wolf pack. <laughs> Morgan's with you on that with a pick for state from his end. So Ryan, <laughs> what say you? I'm still confused, Logan, by that graph that you sent us earlier today. Do you have a good running defense? Do you have a bad running defense? Oh, we have arguably one of the best running defense in the ACC. So I'm, I'm not really confused, America. Logan sent us a <laughs> That was very confusing. It was very confusing. It's hard to figure out. Here's why I bring it up. You have a very good running defense. You have all world linebackers, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Syracuse has a pretty damn good running back. That concerns me. Um, You are used to playing in front of a very raucous crowd. So is Syracuse. This one's interesting to me. Um, that Cuse Dome situation this year has been pretty legit. Uh, the problem is I don't know if they've played a team of your caliber. Um, I'm a little concerned about your quarterback, and, and I'm a little concerned about uh, about their ability to run the ball. But I'm going to go 
uh, with NC State for one reason, because I want that game in Chapel Hill to matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing, running backs this year, the staff for you, they haven't torn us up. It's been running quarterbacks, and Garrett Schrader is mobile enough. The three quarterbacks that have given us fits and gone for 50-plus yards on us on the ground this year have been Holton Naylor's ECU, DJ Uyunglele, Clemson, and uh, Jordan Travis at FSU. One, our one loss and two uh, less than three-point wins. That concerns me because if the quarterback can get on the ground and get chunk yards, keeps the offense on the field. Um, I think the defense we have is clearly the second-best defense in the conference. Sometimes I do think they're better than Clemson, not more talented, but sometimes I do think they're better than Clemson just based on uh, the eye test. But the offense is a problem, man. The offense is a problem. Like, you, we, we faced the last two weeks against Clemson and FSU, the two best defenses we're going to face left on the schedule. The rest of them are all middling to bad defenses left. So that's good. But what's, what's going to go with Devin Leary? Is he going to be playing? Now that we have a transfer, grad transfer in as the backup, who is a, uh, more of a uh, RPO, uh, mobile quarterback, he he's he's been playing for a long time. He's got plenty of experience. And then we've got a the third stringer is a redshirt freshman. We're trying not to burn his shirt. He's a big time recruit we picked up. That's also a dual threat guy. But this is gonna be a tough game. So I'm going. It, it, Syracuse is the favorite in this by about. I've seen anywhere from three and a half to five for a reason. Give me the orange winning this one at home, which it goes against. Uh, like we're seventeen and two against them historically, but I think they get their third one this weekend. This is awesome. We're us three are going to pick up this win because you went well, cute. Perfect. I'm wearing an orange shirt right now. Just saying. Orange team beat us two weeks ago. I think it's just that's how it works. And we stay kryptonite orange. <laughs> all right. Speaking of the orange team that beat us a few weeks ago, number four, Clemson Tigers. They jumped up all the way to number four from number five uh, here recently. They're back in the playoff picture. And I think they probably have the easiest run to the playoff of the teams that are left in that top part. Really do. Because Georgia and Alabama still have to play each other, presumably. I don't think that Clemson's going to stumble anymore the rest of the year if they get past Florida State this weekend, and that is who they are playing in Tallahassee at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Morgan went with Clemson. So, Ryan, Tigers or Knowles? Well, I think you just made an egregious error in pointing out that Clemson has the easiest chance of the playoff because Ohio State plays in the Big Ten, and we know that that's the (laughs) Dead in the water. So yeah, Michigan, Michigan will choke again. <laughs> literally in the division with Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, congrats, guys, on being ranked number three and then making it to number two by the end of the year because you beat Indiana. Awesome. <laughs> Neat. Anyways, I digress. Um, my pick is Clemson. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, Clemson. They showed me something against your team. I hate to say that, Logan, but they showed me that they were a higher caliber team in the second half, and that concerned me because the thought, the the incoherent uh, wet dream of a Carolina fan is maybe we'll get back to play them again and we'll be able to you know fix that onside kick. And as I was watching that game, I knew that your team was currently better than my team, and they punched you all in the mouth, and they actually played championship football. And that is concerning. And I don't think Florida State is there yet. Although I must say, we have spent a lot of time um, shitting on Free Shoes University 
and Coach Norvell. And he was even on the hot seat thing that we were doing for a couple of weeks there. And uh, they, they may turn it around. And it wouldn't be surprising if Florida State beats Clemson. But I think Clemson is far and away a better team. And they, they are playing well right now, which is unfortunately very scary. Dustin? Yeah, I mean, look, Florida State's much improved. And they're trending in the right direction. Good for the conference. I'm not mad about it. But Clemson's still the top dog. Their hands and head and shoulders above everybody else. Give me Clemson. Yeah, I'm not going to mince word, words about this. Um, it's Clemson. Um, they are the best team in the conference this year. They are a legitimate playoff contender with a ridiculously good defense. And keep in mind that the defense isn't fully healthy and haven't been all year. Um, DJ, uh, story of the year in terms of uh, from last season to this season in quarterback play. Hats off to that guy. Clemson, I think, covers and cruises to a, a win against Florida State this weekend. I have a T-shirt idea. Should we make T-shirts that say miserable and reckless and on the back they say, I'm not going to mince words about this, and then they have a whole paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both do that all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. I'll keep this short. I'll keep this short. And then you write it in really tiny lettering in the whole. (laughs) It's the lyrics to Rambling Man by Allman Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Or Freebird. The notes to Freebird all the way down. (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's move into what is the most important matchup of the week. It's the game that all eyes will be on. It's an 8 p.m. kick. And I bet you thought I was going to talk about Bama versus Tennessee, but I'm not. It's the Battle of the Blues. The victory Bell is on the line again this week. Wallace Wade Stadium, uh, UNC versus Duke. Uh, winner of this game takes a driver's seat for the awful Coastal. So, Ryan, who you got? That's, Your team in the, the rivalry. college football. It's all about parity, baby. You can see what I'm writing in the notes. I'm not picking Duke. <laughs> I respect I respect Shaka Hayward. It's great that Duke has um, some some nice food. That's the only thing I keep bringing up about them. But uh, I have not gotten rid of the demons of sitting at Wallace Wade when the number two quarterback that was picked in the draft uh, shit the bed. Uh, sorry, Mom, if you're listening, but that's literally what he did. Um, and uh, I had to sit there while Dustin screamed at me. Sounds like some home cooking. But about 30 <laughs> times over as every call in, in imaginable went against us. But this is different. Now we have Mac. Now we have the greatest quarterback ever in the history of the FBS based on the announcers last week that were singing his <laughs> praises. My goodness, guys. Can you cool it with the Heisman watch for Drake May? Okay. Like, can, can we, can we cool it? I'm a Carolina fan. There's a picture of Carolina in my, like the Keenan Memorial stadium in my guest bedroom. Okay. Like, can we, can we cool it on the Heisman watch? Like let's, let's focus on people who are actually worthy of the Heisman. So what I'm saying is the greatest quarterback in the history of FBS football is going to go into Wallace Wade and he's going to kick over the Brunswick stew stand. And he's going to take the victory bell back. Well, that seems just silly. Like you're going to want to eat that stew. That, see, that makes no sense. That that well, actually, it makes perfect sense that a Carolina fan do or a Carolina man would do that. Okay, I see what you're doing there. 
See, see, it took a second. <laughs> yeah, but all that Brunswick stew sitting there on the ground? No way. That's crazy, man. It's a waste of Brunswick stew. It's a waste of Brunswick stew. And if anyone's listening to this podcast, they know that my uh, braggadocio goes up the more nervous I am about the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for Carolina. Morgan went for the Blue Devils. Dustin, who you got? Yeah, I mean, preseason, I would. I would never have agreed that this game would even be a winnable. I, I basically was like, ceiling is four wins on the season, and all I'm looking for is to be not lose games by 40 points like we did last year, because literally the average loss of games last year was like 42 points. It was miserable. It got to the point I couldn't even watch. That's how bad it was. I got to give these guys credit. I mean, it's the same players. So, <clears throat> Coach Elko and and some competent, you know, college, you know, assistants have come in and kind of made them believe and gave them a little energy. Does that mean they're going to run away and win the Coastal? Hell yeah, it does. Give me it the Blue Devils. This week. <laughs> it starts this week. This is the march to the division title to end all divisions, and then we're going to go lose to Clemson in the ACC title game, and it's going to be a magical year. <laughs> and wait till Shaka Hayward sacks the quarterback nine times, and I have to just sit there and look at my wife like, <laughs> why, why, why? Yeah, this game is. This game will it has the potential to be pretty fun, regardless, and it'll be a lot more fun for me because I don't I'm not supposed to. Play. You're yeah, yeah, you're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, I, I'm it's playing with money. house money, so little it's fun to be on the house money side. A little old dude. In in the Bull City, um, just trying to just just trying to make a little impact, make a little noise, and uh, it really look, warms your heart if you think about it. It does, just like a nice bowl of Brunswick stew. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game's tough for me to pick. Um, Carolina's offense looked like top five in the country for most of the year. Looked really good against Virginia Tech, but. Against Miami, what was it? Twenty seven, twenty four was the final. Like Miami's, uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Miami's got wow. some athletes, but they haven't been very good either. Like, but Duke has defense has been pretty good this year. I expect this game to be pretty close, and I, I think the game is going to hinge on. I think Duke's going to score points. I think the game's going to hinge on how good is that Duke defense against Drake May, because Carolina's got some dudes uh, at wide receiver. The running back by committee has been really good, surprisingly, this year, especially after British Brooks went down with the season-ending injury. It's tough to pick, but I lean on quarterback play, and I hate, I hate to say this, but I, I think Carolina is going to end up pulling out a close one in Wallace Wade. Yeah. What I, what I think is interesting about this week is the offense played awful last week. Just awful. And so I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of emphasis on improve. They made a lot of mistakes, cleaning that up, and I think they'll play better. You're right. The defense this year has been, if you look at it on paper, sometimes it looks like they give up a lot of yards, but they found ways to kind of like bend, not break. But Carolina, as, as talented as Carolina is, who knows, right? Um, there's been some injuries too, and and look, being honest here, they're thin. 
you know, you, you get past like too deep and you're not playing at the same caliber. So, um, we'll see. It, it could be a fun game. I hope it's a fun game. Cause I remember that game. God, how many years ago, like 66 to seven or whatever it was. That was the 2019 or 18 or no, 2019 or 2020, 2020 season. I think. Oh man, it was just bad. So just now, give me a good game. That's all I want. Just some house money. Good game. <laughs> Now, Carolina is my actual pick, but something to note and something to watch. Every single week that I've picked the Duke game this year on either this podcast or tailgate season, every time that whatever I pick, if Duke, I pick them to win, they lose. If I pick them to lose, they win. And it's, it's been consistent all year long. So, oh, yeah. hey, we'll see what happens. March, something to watch. March to the division title this year. Coach Elko, <laughs> coach of the year. <laughs> All right, let's kick it over to the SEC. We have LSU uh, going down to Gainesville to the Swamp, play the Florida Gators. Um, Ryan, you're a, uh, an SEC enthusiast. Who you got? Sometimes it's Florida, sometimes it's Ole Miss, sometimes it's LSU. I don't know, week to week. Well, hell, I don't know. <laughs> so, I did, I have been to a game at LSU, and I have been inside Florida stadium on graduation day but i've never been an enthusiast of them i reserve that only for Ole miss i just would like to go on record and say that so you not a tim tebow enthusiast i was a tim tebow i'm just i'm actually still a tim tebow enthusiast (laughs) however (laughs) he's um, a florida man check out his uh he's also a jacksonville man which is why i live in that area as well not just because of tim tebow but uh, (laughs) only tim tebow just hoping he'll walk by I'm just I'm just sitting at the at, at the players golf course on the 18th hole wondering when he'll walk by. <laughs> Very beautiful here. When will Tim Tebow show up? <laughs> I think I've gone on record multiple times in the past about talking about St. Augustine. Uh long story short for here. Um I don't think Brian Kelly's got it together yet. I've watched a couple of LSU games this year. Um these these are uh this is what the AC, this is the type of disappointing game that the ACC dreams of, in that this is the Virginia Tech Miami game. The SEC kind of looks at LSU in Florida and says, All right, guys, we realize you're probably a couple of years away. Get it together. Um, Florida might be a step ahead of LSU right now. Um, I, I don't believe in the Anthony Richardson hype. I thought it was a little weak after week one. Um, uh, to be honest, Drake May is a better candidate for the Heisman than Anthony Richardson is. So all the Florida Gators out there that were talking about Anthony Richardson or AR-15 being in the Heisman voted in the is a little ridiculous. Um, I think LSU has a decent offense. It's it's electric at times. It's very pedestrian at, uh, at other times. And their defense, usually usually I get real excited watching the defense, and it's just it's just not there for me. So I, I think Florida is going to win this. Um, we'll see. I don't feel great about that pick at all, which is part of the reason why it's in the pick <laughs> <laughs> Morgan agrees with you. He's going Gators. So, Dustin, Tigers versus Gators. Uh, LSU looked awful this year. Brian Kelly will probably figure it out in time. I think he's that good of a coach, but not this year. And my brother likes to lean on quarterback play. I like to lean on home field advantage. Give me the swamp. 
LSU is 0-1 against the state of Florida so far this season. After this weekend, they're going to be 1-1. I'm not buying the Anthony Richardson hype. That dude has been trash so far. I think that LSU has been hit or miss, but I think they are good enough to beat this Florida team. The Swamp's a tough place to play, but this Florida team has not impressed me much this year outside of week one. Uh, give me the Tigers stealing one on the road. Maybe we should do a podcast on this. I think, God forbid, any of my Florida people listen to this. I think the Swamp is an overrated place to play in that it's not that hard to play in. I'm just saying. <laughs> just they, saying. They play Tom Petty. That's all I need to know. Oh, you know what? That's a fair point. It is Tom Petty Day, isn't it? It is. I, I sent you guys that link last night. I think time. you sent that out. Yep. Man, those kids Tom. don't know who Tom Petty is. Well, some of the old, the old fishermen in their PFG gear do. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up in the rafters and rain down with their chorus of booze. <laughs> uh, it, it's Tom Petty Day. I'm, I, I feel stronger about my pick now. Florida Gators, <laughs> chomp, chomp all the way, baby. Hey, look, the Swamp, you know, it's, it's got a reputation. It's their Carter family, but 14 straight. Top five longest home winning streak in the country right now. Active. You, you installed some red lights. Now all of a sudden you think you're something. <laughs> all right. Moving into what is actually the game of the week for America. We have uh, Nick Saban and the number three Alabama Crimson Tide. Is Bryce Young playing? I don't know. Uh, he's been out, well, last week, right? So they're, they're traveling on up to Rocky Top, take on the number six, the upstart, Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee has not been very good for since like the late 90s, but this year they look legit. They haven't. They haven't. But this year, Hendon Hooker is a legit Heisman uh, Trophy candidate. So, Ryan, who you got? Bama, Tennessee. So my, I pretend, I think, to be a U fan. I think that my wife has finally figured out that I'm a closet Tennessee fan. I've watched a lot of Tennessee games in the past. I alluded to that in Wilmington. I had a girlfriend in the past whose parents were hardcore alumni. Um, I'm really excited by this year's Tennessee team. I'm sorry, Morgan, that you're not on this podcast because uh, I was going to give you a lot of grief about how wonderful. Uh, Triple H, Heisman Hendon Hooker was last week. <laughs> the Smoky Grays, too. Uh, I do love the announcers. They're like, why is Tennessee wearing gray? And I'm like, duh, their mascot is Smoky. Come on, figure it out, guys. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I am I'm going against my better judgment as a Bill Belichick apostle, and I'm picking against Nick Saban. And I'm going with Tennessee. I, you talk about home field advantage. Uh, when they throw batteries and golf balls and other things at you, um, I, I hope that we see as chaotic an experience with nobody getting hurt. And, uh, and I, I would love to see the balls win. This, would be, this will be very exciting, and I can't wait to watch this game. I, I really think Tennessee could actually win this game. Well, Morgan's with you on that, so that's two for the balls. Dustin. Mm-hmm. Look, Little Debbie's and Nick Saban, specifically the oatmeal cream pie. Bryce Young plays, doesn't play. Don't matter. Roll Tide, baby. 
<laughs> I'm wearing orange for a reason this week. You, you can't stop while you're on a heater, and Tennessee's been on a by-God heater. Tennessee's offense is so much fun to watch. Hendon Hooker's been killing it. They're running that air raid. Josh Heupel, or however you say his name, I don't care at this point. They're winning ball games, And that place is a, is a madhouse. Uh, even when they're not that good, because that fan base is a little crazy. Um, you can at me at Cold Can Sports and tell me why you think that that's wrong, but your fan base is a little bit crazy. But I think they got a team this year. That offense, I think, is going to be able to. Bama hasn't looked super impressive to, up to normal Banders, Bama standards. Might be another rebuilding year for Nick Saban and in, in the <laughs> vein of a runner-up in the national title game. But this week, they're going to be singing Rocky Top really loudly in Knoxville. Hendon Hooker is legit, so give me the balls. I'm with uh, Morgan and Ryan on this. Give me the balls. They haven't beat them in God knows since I was probably elementary school. So there was a lot of Tennessee orange in Baton Rouge last Saturday. And I was embarrassed having been in that stadium to hear how clearly I could hear Rocky Top being sung in Baton Rouge on a Saturday. I mean, you talk about a fan base that's got swag right now. Maybe maybe swag is another term for crazy, but let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Look, the way I look at it is, I admire a little bit of crazy in a fan base because we've got our plenty of our fair share of crazies at the NC State fan base. So I see that, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel a kinship with the craziness. <laughs> we we obviously don't have the football program they do, but hey, go Vols! Take down Bama this week. You heard it here on Miserable and Reckless. Not gonna happen. all right uh real quick i did have here a funny uh nick saban story that you jogged my memory about uh dustin they were uh two attack of a lol was doing a podcast interview or radio interview or whatever and they asked him about what was the maddest he ever made nick saban he said it was when i took a sack on second and 26 and they were like in the national title game he goes yeah in the national title game they said well didn't you throw like a a a a massively long touchdown pass right after that that kind of helped lead to the comeback. He goes, yeah, I did. He goes, you know, after the game, he, they're like, after you won the national title, he's like, yeah, he said, so they're, you're still picking confetti out of your hair. And two is like, yeah, he goes, we're back in the locker room. And coach comes up to me and goes, what were you thinking on that play? And, you know, two was like, we had just won the national title. So I'm thinking that, you know, this is the time I have to make a joke with coach Saban. He goes, said something about how, uh, <clears throat> They needed more room to pass the ball, and then he starts laughing. And Nick Saban says, "That wasn't funny." <laughs> and he's like, "I just was like, I'm sorry, Coach." And he he just walks away. He says, even after winning a national title, Nick Saban found him in the locker room during the celebration to ask him what was he thinking on taking that sack. That explains uh, Nicholas Lou Saban. He can't turn it off. That's no. why he's successful. It's <laughs> literally what he lives for. He just won a title, and he's like, "Now, now, now, next year." Focusing on next year. Yeah, that one play you did uh, that that pissed me off. I, I made a mental note. Him and Belichick with their no days off mantra. <laughs> yeah. I would, while we're talking about interviews, I would encourage people to go look up. Just, just if you can do this, maybe not on a work computer, Google D's Nuts interview <laughs> with Nick Saban. Apparently his favorite thing <laughs> to yell at practice. Yell at practice when a player screws something up or just to get in their head to be like part of the fans that are in the stands is he just screams D's nuts in the quarterback or in the offensive players. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was Josh Jacobs that gave the interview on the Dan Patrick show. 
and uh, and and then they corroborated it with multiple people, and then uh, from from Alabama and like Judy and like other players like that, and then uh, they uh, they finally got Nick on, and he he comes on every now and again, and they bit, they flat out asked him, they're like, so what's the deal with you saying these nuts in practice? And he just looked at the camera and he laughed for like a split second, and he was like, I have to keep people on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I imagine he probably heard about that joke well after it was already like had its initial run of everybody laughing about it. He oh, said, yeah. oh, so this is what the kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much the reaction. Everybody was like, yeah, coach, coach says it a lot. We just, we just kind of roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the guy that would have still been saying, what's up in like 2010. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just found out about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other Southern notable games of the week. We have Auburn traveling down to Ole Miss. Uh, the lane train's been on a heater, too. Um, Vandy going to get slaughtered this week by Georgia and Athens. Um, ODU and Coastal. Coastal's been pretty good this year. Uh, once again, uh, a good Sunbelt team. Um, JMU, who is ranked in their first season in the FBS at 25 in the AP. Uh, that's notable. Going down to Georgia Southern. Um, so, oh, I just saw your notes in there that you had for us that the reason they're ranked is because uh, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. So, Well, I just wanted to point out that Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. <laughs> <Just Yeah. bad. laughs> That's a Sun Belt team traveling to the Midwest. So once again, this is why we do a Southern podcast, not an American <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, those are the games for this week. Um, hopefully we'll... We'll have some barn burners and some pack wins, some Blue Devils wins, some Vols wins. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're back at that time of the month again. It's song of the month time where I pick one, Ryan picks one, then we have a collab pick. Uh, we kind of went with a theme on the collab pick this week, but we'll start with Ryan's uh, song of the month. We'll play a clip from each song, then we'll kind of give our rationale for why we picked it, why we like it, what have you. Uh, but Ryan, your song this week is Ray Fulcher, um, F L U C H E R, all gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. Ray Fulcher. So I, uh, I actually heard the song recently. I had a whole other song picked out. Me and Logan were going back and forth last week about it and stuff like that. And um, I think that this song is uh, good for two, maybe three reasons. One, um, there's a line in here. Well, if you listen to the song, and it'll be on our playlist, Miserable and Reckless. Uh, we have that Spotify playlist where we have all of our song of the months on there so um there's a song in there where he is uh racing people in his that's in the first verse and that is something that may or may not have happened when i was in college or high school because i was uh apparently a nascar aficionado before i knew i was a nascar aficionado um let me tell you that buick park avenue holds a mass i'm just saying and uh <laughs> that was back in high school and hopefully the statue of limitations has gone on that 
And then in the second verse, um, I appreciated the fact that he said uh, that he was, how do I say this? Um, I appreciate the mentality that he lives his life a little bit reckless, but at the same time, he's self-aware of the fact that it could have an impact on other people. And he is aware, at least lyrically, of the fact of the impact that they may have on other people. And I was listening to this after a rough week uh, for me personally, and I don't need to go into it, but just, just stuff's going through my head. I'm approaching 40 and work and everything else. And you kind of take stock of where you are in life at 40 without being too philosophical. I, like I said, I had a great conversation at guys weekend and uh, with some guys and uh, you take stock of where you are and you realize who matters and who you care about and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to leave them in the lurch or, or you don't want to make things hard for them, harder than, than they need to be for them. And so I appreciate this because it's basically a guy saying, Hey, look, like, I don't know how to do life any other way, but I really appreciate the fact that you are, um, you're accepting of me is basically what I, what I got from these lyrics and, uh, you're, you're accepting of the way that I need to do life. Um, there's a couple of choice lines in here. If you listen to the song, you hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you didn't listen when your friends called me reckless, said I was hell on wheels with a cross on my necklace. I'm sure you told them all I've come around a little bit, but I'm still the kind of dog that ain't got no quit. Well, that sounds like someone I know. I'll trumpet my, uh, I'll trumpet my wins that are very small and insignificant, you know, and then, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to deny and I'll deny all the way until I die the, the things that I've <laughs> not done so well. So I, I appreciated this song. And then if nothing else, in case you don't need to hear more about my personal shit, then uh, the other reason why this song connected with me is, of course, because uh, All Gas, No Brakes is one of my favorite lines to hear come across the radio right before a NASCAR race, especially when they're going into like a short track or something like that. Because I love basically hearing, in case that doesn't make sense, at a short track, you're going to have to use a lot of brakes. And so when somebody says All Gas, No Brakes, it basically means they're just going to bump people out of the way as much as they possibly can to get to the front. And it's just, I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's an aggressive saying. So that's why I picked that song. Um, I've never heard of this guy in my life, but I texted Logan the other night and I was like, Oh yeah, this between the first two verses. And then, uh, to be quite honest, um, at the end, uh, in the third verse, he's also talking that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing too. So if you're loyal, you can be loyal to a fault or you can be loyal, all gas, no brakes. If you're loving somebody, you can be all gas, no brakes. The idea there is that you're never going to falter. You're never going to quit. You're never going to, you're just always pushing forward. So whether it's a, you know, how I treat my nieces and nephew or how I, how I love my wife or how I'm loyal to my friends. It's, it's uh, unfortunately for me, cause I don't always like being super, uh, on the sleeve about stuff um you know you're you're gonna get what you get but at the same time like you know that you're gonna get what you're you're gonna get and i'm gonna give you everything i got so i appreciate that that impact of the song or that that lyric in the song yeah ray fulcher's a pretty talented songwriter he's good buddies with luke Holmes. has written written a lot of uh co-written a lot of luke Holmes' songs um but yeah definitely check his music out all right so my pick this week i actually uh surprise surprise for you two i picked y'all's boy chase rice 
He um, released one recently Whoa. that has snuck up on. It first came out and I was like, this sounds better than a lot of his music in the past, especially the last record. And then I, I found this cool website that um, stats for Spotify.com. Log into your Spotify account. It tells you your all time, uh, your six months and your last four weeks of most played genres, artists and songs. And we did it at work and everyone looked at me and saw my top 10 most played songs of all time. And the first thing people asked me was, was I OK? Because there were uh, it was lots of uh, country songs and rock and roll songs by Lucero and Co. Wetzel and some of my other favorite country artists with titles such as Tears Don't Matter Much, Cold and Alone, Happier Alone, Nights Like These. And I told them, I was like, I just looked at them and said, sad songs make me happy. <laughs> and uh, so this song by Chase Rice is sonically more up my alley. And he's been saying that the new record, this is what he's kind of gone through a lot of different avenues, doing a lot of stuff that he probably didn't want to do, but he, he was doing just so he could try to get some traction. And he said, this is going to be more indicative of what his next record is. It's a song called Key West in Colorado. And uh, one of my buddies at work actually went to high school with one of the co-writers on this song. Uh, he's from Raleigh, uh, a guy named Blake Pendergrass. He actually wrote uh, 865 by Morgan Wallen. But here's Key West in Colorado, Chase Rice. Somewhere between Key West and Colorado, I found God in a gold Silverado. Had to get a little lost, to get a little found, learn you can't find love if you can't slow down. So this song, uh, sonically, like I said, I really, really liked it. But lyrically, it was right up my alley because I love when songs in the songwriting part of it have dichotomies. And the chorus uh, uses, you know, the opposites of like, you know, the salt in the air, salt on the road, uh, somewhere between the sand and the snow. I love imagery like that that are opposites. But this song, just what it's about, is very universal. Um, if people are being honest, like it's a it's a song on the on the surface about how long and him having to travel around to get over a failed relationship. But it also in some ways is about him like finding out who he is as a person at the same time. And I think that I I never in my life thought that the the singer of a song called Mm Girl was going to have a song that made me think like this. And but by God, Chase did it. Chase Rice, hats off to you, man. I really like this song. Um like I said, the chorus like that part, I'm going to re-say it again. Somewhere between the sand and the snow, salt in the air, salt on the road. Finally let myself let her go. Somewhere between Key West and Colorado. All the travel and everything, he finally got, got over something. Um, that, I think that's just a universal theme that almost everybody can, can relate to. And uh, So hats off Chase Rice. I like this song. Stare at yourself in enough hotel mirrors. You might <laughs> learn a little something about yourself. <laughs> All right, so let's move into our collab pick. Um, and for this week, it's really collab picks because we picked these two songs for a reason. Um, we talked about it earlier in the show. We covered the game. It's Alabama versus Tennessee. And Tennessee's kind of been on the, the talk of the town and college football lately, but also there have been a couple songs that are very similar in lyrical content, one by a male artist, one by a female artist that have been released recently. And they uh one is orange and white 
by Connor Smith. The other one is Tennessee Orange by Megan Maroney. Uh, we'll play both the clips um, and then we'll uh, get into why we picked it. Here's Orange and White by Connor Smith. Now I got a Georgia girl singing rock top, lining up another Tennessee whiskey shot. Steal my heart and my bill dance act. Now I'm telling her Athens ain't getting it back. She pulled me close and I spun her. There's Connor Smith's Orange and White. And because these songs are so similar in lyrical content, I'm just going to go on and play Tennessee Orange by Megan Maroney, and then we'll get into it. All right. So if that doesn't tell you how the South is, I don't know what will. But uh, Ryan, I'll let you go first because I know you found the Connor Smith song. Yeah, um, I was excited when I found it because I found a couple songs that were uh, all referencing this. And I happened to find them this week. So I'll be honest, guys, I didn't I didn't know if they came out this week or not. But uh, but at the same time, I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. And this ties in perfectly to what we want to do and they're really good songs um if there's anything that is interesting about somebody's dating relationships and logan i know you know this from going to the tailgate with you last year people's dating or marriage relationships can really start to impact your uh saturday viewing habits especially in the south um, and your Saturday rooting habits, especially in the South, I must say that I'm at least interested now in NC State. I couldn't have given a shit about NC State before I met you <laughs> because they weren't my rival as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, me and Logan are not in a relationship, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, when we went to the tailgate last year, there was, there was, there was people there that were, that were married, that were interspersed. Um, I'm reading a book currently for the guy that's a Wake Forest graduate, and he's married to an Alabama graduate, and yet he went to school at Clemson. So there's all sorts of inter- interesting stuff interspersed in there. It's fascinating to see. Um, there was, uh, I'm also reading, this isn't about me, but I'm reading a book with Wright Thompson that he wrote, and that's about Louisville and Ole Miss and how Wright Thompson went to Ole Miss or sorry, went, uh, goes to games with Ole Miss with his dad, but he went to Missouri and how all that connects. And all I'm trying to say is that familial and um, dating and, and, and marriage relationships, for those that don't know, and for those that are listening to this for the first time or outside the South, this is a big deal. So I'm, I'm very, very happy to hear that it's finally eking its way into country songs. And apparently it's all eking its way into country songs like this week. Because I believe there's what another there's the Riley Green song too, which I texted yeah. earlier today. It has we, a line in that one about uh, sitting there. It's called "Hell of a Way to Go." Sitting there with his granddad, watching Alabama beat the shit out of Tennessee. <laughs> and Riley Green's from Alabama. 
Yep. So he's written songs in the past about his granddad passing away. His granddad was very important to him, et cetera. He's also written songs about Alabama in the past. You can go back in the archives to find where we talked about that. But <laughs> um, long story short, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear this part of country music finally coming out. And maybe I don't know the country music. And if you want to let us know where this has been talked about, I'll eat it up. I love music and I love uh, college football. So send us a voicemail. And that's not just a plug. Like literally, I, I would love to know these songs if they exist. Um, Logan, do you want to talk about the Godfather, the Godfather of this Alabama, Tennessee uh, genre? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tucker Bethard, uh, son of famous, uh, country songwriter who writes a lot with Eric Church, Casey Bethard and brother of NFL quarterback, CJ Bethard. He had a song called, uh, 20 to 10 Tennessee, I believe it was, uh, correct. Yeah. 2010 Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. 2010 Tennessee. So it was like, he was kind of the first one that we had run across that it kind of delved into this that at least that we were aware of and i thought it was pretty cool when he did it but to echo ryan like it's finally this is an element of southern culture that hasn't been touched on in country music as much as i probably would have thought it already would have been but this isn't just like a passing reference in a song these are songs that are intertwining their uh familial relationships with their you know romantic relationships and then basing it around the idea of college football and that's very much a Southeastern thing. Um, like this Megan Maroney song, the song is very, very good. One, sonically, it's, she knocked it out of the park, love her voice, and she is probably one of the hottest girls I've seen in a long time. I have to throw that in there. But she is, um, she, I've been a big fan of her music since I heard her song Hair Salon, but with this one, it just starts off with, it makes you chuckle when you figure out what she's talking about. It says, my mom calling, I've got some news. Don't you tell daddy, he'll blow a fuse, and they skip down, and she goes, I know you raised me to know right from wrong. It ain't what you think. I'm still writing songs. Like it's like makes you think. Like is she, uh, is she, you know, is it the call being like, hey, I'm I'm pregnant. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where it leads you. But then it, it it gets into the point of no, I'm just an Athens girl who's a Bulldogs fan. But I've kind of fallen for this this Rocky Top Knoxville Tennessee uh, fan, and that that whole she bases the whole song around that. I found it uh, very very interesting uh, to hear. But and then, you know, Ryan brought the Connor Smith one up and it, it did a, a very similar thing, but from the opposite perspective. And uh, I just like having college football kind of interwoven with country songwriting like this, because I think it's very indicative of Southern culture. If you've heard our podcast, you've heard Logan take the underdog approach to everything. And he always expects the shoe to drop and everything else. Right. So country the country songs we're talking about and just the country culture. If you guys haven't been to a podcast, like there's certain stereotypes that are stereotypes, unfortunately for a reason, but, but they're real. If, if you go to Ole Miss, there, there is a more intelligent than you or more classier than you, uh, mindset that's going on there. Right. If you go to LSU, it's like half scary, half crazy, and like half rabid, and you have to respect it. If you go to Florida State, it's so when when we start to hear these songs, right? If you go to Florida, it's 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 I said earlier it was underrated, and then I immediately like went back on it and said, like, the reason why I feel bad about it is because the Florida fans would take it personally because they 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 care. Like they care so much. Like they literally raised the statue of the guy that won him a national championship. So like 
there's so many different, when you start now think about those people as a group, when they start like intermingling, this is, this is, this is country music, like 101. like we should be writing about this from day one. And that's what was so interesting about the Tucker better song, because he's basically, or I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he basically went out there and it's like, it's an, uh, I kind of, that's why I like the song. I feel like it's an upset that I got my wife. Right. So I feel like that's like Tennessee getting Alabama. You know what I mean? I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't deserve this victory, but I'm going to take it. Right. And I get it to, and I get to put it up on the, on the, I get to hang the banner forever. Right. Hey, Hey, even if she doesn't, you know, <laughs> hang out at one point in time, I was good enough to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm just shocked that it hasn't been done, especially in Nashville. But then again, we all know that Nashville is not a college football town now, but it's going to be sometime soon, very soon. Yeah, it's going to have the best program in the country, uh, for you know it. <laughs> but, soon. Yeah, soon. Like, as in end of the year, maybe next year. Let's, let's give the guy a year. Give the guy a year. But no, like 100%, because just like you, you were even talking about in my friend group, um, one of my best friends is a state grad. His wife is Carolina grad. Like, she's like really into sports. She's not like one of those girls that just like, haha, I like game day and I don't really ever watch the games outside of that. Like she's hardcore into sports. So it's, it's a fun rivalry to see those two interact with, uh, with the in-state rivalry kind of thing. And then it, it is in, like the Megan Maroney song referenced it. Like, you know, in Georgia, we call it a sin. And then at the end of the song, she's like, I still want the dogs to win. But she's like, I'm even learning the words to old Rocky Top. It almost made me forget that I look better in red. So she's letting her her romantic side cloud her judgment in my mind because we asked the question, and I want to ask both of you. On Country Cold Cans, when this song came out, we covered it, and we asked the question, um, would you, for a significant other, wear your arch rival's uh, colors and or shirt to the game? No. I don't have any rivals. We're unrivaled. <laughs> No, the answer is no. Yeah, y'all were with me on that, and Kyle was too. Andy was just like, I don't know. And I was like, Andy, that's because you only watch NASCAR. That's <laughs> because he doesn't watch college. Andy, Andy doesn't watch college sports. He doesn't have an, a, a, an allegiance that is ingrained in him since childhood or, or from going to school there or whatever. Like, he doesn't get it. Like, that would be a sin that, like, that would be a sin against God to wear the other sides. Not colors. going that far. <laughs> no, it would be. It would be the good Lord would not look fondly upon that. That's that's how it's viewed in the South. He's put us into camps for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Boxes or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a 0% chance for me that I'd be wearing Carolina anything ever. So <laughs> I tried to get you to do that if you remember correctly. Oh yeah, I listened to your first your first podcast. While I was driving down to Guys Weekend in North Carolina or whatever, and I said you should you should immediately bet uh, with Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I, that that's a tough bet for either of us. No shit. <laughs> but either way, uh, all four of these songs, good songs. We'll put them on the playlist. Um, you know. I am half of the playlist contributors, and, and like I said, it when we went camping in Virginia, playlist is fire, son. So you're missing out if you don't listen to it. <laughs> you can download it on Spotify and save it. If I may say, 
If I may say so myself, says Logan. <laughs> this playlist I made, and then I produced a pro- uh, podcast, and then I put it on the internet. I think everyone in America should listen to it. <laughs> That's what they call everyone in the South. Everyone in the South. Yeah, yeah. We can people- leave. We can leave Philip in California to complain about his freaking hot sauce. Yeah, we don't want Pac-12 territory. We're not interested. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you give us five stars and a great review on this podcast, Miserable and Reckless. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Stitcher. Um, and this, if you choose the Spotify route, click the description, click the link, and that gives us an up to one minute voicemail. Um, tell us what you think about, you know, Texas Pete and Californians or college football picks or any of these songs. Um, you can also find the, the uh, Song of the Month playlist on Spotify. Um, the website is miserable-reckless.com. We got blog content. We got a shop. Uh, check us out there. Uh, but for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan, sitting here with Ryan and Dustin, and we will see you next time.